spoiler alert, the films we review on the Slashers and Screamers podcast are guaranteed to be spoiled in full if you listen beyond this point. If you've not seen the film we're reviewing this week, I urge you to find it and watch it to your heart's content before joining us. But if you don't care and just want to listen to fun conversations, then by all means, stick around for Slashers and Screamers. Groovy. It's just a creepy movie. It definitely creeps you out for sure. Somebody has to be perfect, so it might as well be. Talk about deja vu. You live to tell the tale. You gotta think like a werewolf. Is the Slashers and Screamers podcast. You know, I heard that damn Mellencamp song again today and yesterday. Jack and Diane? No. <laughs> the Christmas one that I didn't know was a Christmas song until it oh. hit uh, the chorus. Um, I had to Google it. Uh, it turns out the damn thing was released in 87. <laughs> and here I am talking like it's new. New to you? It's new to me. It's, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus. You know, Mellencamp is the king of, like, stopping the music but leave the drum beat going. <laughs> he does that uh, in everything. I heard a Christmas song today for the first time. Um, do you know the Do you know the Christmas Shoes song? The Christmas Shoe? Shoes, I think. Christmas no. Shoes? No. Okay, nor did I. Um, it's a very sad song that is horrible. Um, but there was an SNL sketch last night based on it, and my friend was laughing really hard, and I was like, I don't really understand this. And he was like, you don't know the Christmas Shoes song? And I did not, so I listened to it. See, SNL, in its heyday, could turn you on to some new stuff. Like, I don't know where that's coming from. Maybe I need to look into it. And then by the time you look into it, it's like, oh, okay. I don't know that it does it that much anymore, but I'm glad it hit home for you. So tell yeah, us about this you. Christmas shoe song, like m- more in, in detail. Oh my God. Well, it's this song about like someone who sees a little boy trying to buy uh, shoes for his mom that she's like always wanted or something. And she's dying. <sighs> I'm already depressed. God. It is so sad. I was like, who would like, what a horrendous <laughs> choice. Who read that? Who sung that? Red Sovine? <laughs> <laughs> god um i i don't know that rick or casey rick nor casey casey nor rick will oh. know the name red sovine red sovine hang pass on me. james pass me Tell the me. glow sticks <laughs> rick he's making fun of you for liking your uh what'd you call it trance music yeah, trance music. Don't hate trans it. Trans music. <laughs> trans music. I got is a mission. <laughs> a transmission. <laughs> yeah, and it's on its way out to Rick. It's okay, man. Everybody likes trance music every now and then. Um, I couldn't pick it out of a lineup, but I assume it's something like uh, Darude Sandstorm. Uh, yeah, in a way, yeah. That's, Close yeah. enough. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know uh, Red <laughs> Sovine's real name? Please tell me. Woodrow Wilson Sovine. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I guess he was named after the famous actor. 
So, Red Sovine had, had a lot of songs. I guess they were trucking songs, you know, because that, that's a whole brotherhood in itself. You know, the, the on-the-road trucker. A lot of miles, a lot of missing home, a lot of missing holidays. And Red Sovine had some of the most depressing songs ever put on vinyl. Were they good like, or just no, sad? No, they were just sad as hell. Yeah, they were. Um, okay, well, ask James if they were good. He'll say yeah. Ask me if they were good. No, but I, I think we both shared the depression that comes listening to it, listening to them. So the Christmas shoes, I guess, fits in that same that same mold. Because just your explanation got me. Too sad. A little kid trying to buy some shoes, and I'm like, okay, I gotta check out. <laughs> well, James, before you uh, have a Christmas coronary, um, I know you've been walking around all week with some kind of Triscuits or Chex Mix or Tidbit story. What was it? <laughs> Tidbits. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Aren't they a snack? Tidbits are not a snack. What the fuck is a tidbit? Then? tidbit. I thought they were snacks. Tidbit is like a piece of information. A tidbit is a uh, cheesy cracker snack. Almost like a cheese it but it's shaped different. Rick it's kind of a weed, dude. I'm gonna look this up. You're wrong. It's like a it's like a long a oh. tidbit, according to dictionary.com, a small piece of tasty food, a small particular small and particularly interesting item of gossip or information. Which one do you think things we're talking can about, mean Rick? Other things. Alright, here you go. Come on, information. We're definitely talking about a snack story that James was wanting to get out last week, but we couldn't because we had to go to bed since we started so late. Puppy chow isn't necessarily dog food. Is it not? No, Ew. you know, like, puppy chow, like, it's like Chex Mix, but there's, like, chocolate and powdered sugar on it. You know what I'm talking about? Is that what? Okay. I didn't know that that's what that was called. Is that a Wisconsin thing, or does everybody call it that? I don't know. I call it puppy chow. Hmm. Bill. But you were actually eating dog food in Memphis, Rick. Sharing this with the group, Bill, I'm so damn Well, James is mad, so he shared something with me, and i got to share it with the group. As if this isn't going to take forever. It's not it's even helping, James. It's a cheese tidbit. Okay. I see what you mean tidbit. about it looking like a cheese it but long. Yeah. Yeah, they, they can Google on their own. The hell with these two people. Okay. Well, obviously Rick can't because he's like, it's a information. <laughs> So what happened with you and these cheese crackers? James? Yes, we're dying to know, James. Well, I was sitting there. Ninety-five <laughs> percent of his stories start out this way. I don't know what I was doing. I might have been playing GI Joes on the floor or something. And uh, my uncle Mitch, he was in the kitchen. He was back in. We didn't have but one phone in the house. How old are you when this takes place? Yeah, let's date the story. I don't know. Is this what, last week? Twelve or thirteen. Okay, cool. Thank you. And, uh, no, I might have been, uh, eight or nine. <laughs> oh, I wasn't very old. Anyway, I was playing with my G.I. Joes. My Uncle Mitch, he was talking on the phone like he always did when he got off work because he was a young lad back then. He liked to talk on the phone. And, uh, we used to, they used to get tidbits. Well, unbeknownst benown to my Uncle Mitch. <laughs> Did you say unst benown? Yeah. <laughs> they okay. Had, uh, cleaning out the litter box and putting them in the tidbit <laughs> boxes. <laughs> so he grabbed the tidbit box, went rifling through there, and pulled out old cat turd and gnawed down on it, thought it was a tidbit. <laughs> he was talking on the telephone. 
What you guys as listeners don't know is that we can see Billy, and we just saw him mute his mic and go into hysterics. <laughs> Unst to be known to Mitch. <laughs> He's chewing on cat shit. God! Spit it out. Kind of... And I looked over and I said, what, what's wrong with you? And he said, cat shit! <laughs> Oh. Why is there cat shit in a box of anything? How's it get in a box? They've been cleaning the litter. Like, you know, I clean, you scoop the litter box out and clean it out. And so you they, use just an empty they, box. They were putting it. I didn't. They did. Gotcha. And they were putting it beside the garbage can. I guess to throw away later. <laughs> and, of course, Mitch regularly picks up things that are next to the garbage can. He says, well, well, I, I better mean, eat this of- before it gets thrown out. We kind of stored things, you know, in the floor there next to the telephone. It was in like in a little, like a little kind of the cabinet. And then, you know, between the refrigerator, there was a space. Yeah, there's the trash can went. It seems like a dangerous predicament. The phone was hanging right there, too. Naturally. And the phone had a big old long cord on it, and he would stand in the kitchen (laughs) and eat tidbits or any other kind of snack and talk on the telephone to his damn band buddies. It's for internet. You get on a computer and talk to people, stuff like that. The the spiral cable telephone. God, Rick. It doesn't. Didn't you have some kind of these anymore? Uh, no, they, I don't like them anymore. Uh, well, that's sad. I'm sorry. Being regularly uh, mistaken They're for cat good. shit. <laughs> they were pretty good. Well, I can remember eating them. Well, they're not good according <laughs> to what Mitch remembers. Well, it happened one time, Bill. How many times does it need to happen to ruin you on it? He he learned his lesson. He always looked before he opened up a box and stuck his hand in there. Lesson learned. Rick, didn't you have some kind of promo code for Shutter that you were bragging about? Uh, yes. Let me get a We've got a couple oh. promo codes for Shutter going on because I use I... yours, Billy. Yeah. So if you get the uh, the year, I think it's like five ninety nine a month if you pay monthly. It's if four, you pay a four seventy nine a month, if if you pay for the year, it's four seventy nine or <clears throat> your promo no, I'm code. No, about normal. It's four seventy nine. Okay, four seventy nine. <clears throat> four dollars and seventy nine cents per month, James. For what? Well, hang on, Rick. I, I I don't know that that's true. I think that might be what you got it for. Online. And you got it for the year. Right? You got the, the full year premium. You're not paying monthly. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to you, Casey. Oh, I paid, I did the thing you did where you pay for a year all at once, but I just Googled how much does Shutter cost, and it says that on a monthly basis it's 475 a month. Okay, so let's go. Okay, so um, 475 a month, and then if you pay for it by the year, you get a certain amount, you know, to knock off the, the entire price. Well, with this promo code, it was like, what, 30% off? It was less. I'm not a math gal, but I think Do it ended up being a... like 45 for the year. Yeah. Do they have like hooker rates? Are you going to like... for an hour or two? James. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like hotels, some hotels you go to, you can get... Uh, no, tell tell us about them, James. You can get, uh, whatchamacallit, rates. Okay. Girls of the night. Or men children of the night, because... Children of the ch- corn rates. Because <laughs> y'all ain't gonna be there for so long, you know. Oh, my God. 
Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I like to sleep. I like to sleep the rest of the time. I'm, I'm getting my money's worth. We you are annoying. Yeah, like a well, three or four hour nap, Bill. Well, oh shit, Billy. What was the code that you, you that you gave me? Okay, the one I it... I gave you, I believe it was Shutter Gift. That's S H U D D E R G I F T, and that shit. knocked thirty percent off of a full year purchase, not a monthly purchase. Gutter Gift. Ended up being, and it ended up being like forty something bucks. Pretty pretty damn good for a full year. Twenty percent off any gutters free charge. And if you don't want to go that route, because we understand, you know, some people times are hard shit. for some people, so they can't afford that. Um, you can type in "scary holiday." That's S capital S C A R Y scary holiday H O L I D A Y one word all caps, and you get two months for just ninety nine cents a month. And that's, that's a pretty, pretty good, good damn deal because Shutter has some really cool and good shit on there. Yeah, I still haven't gotten through everything that I want to get through as far as just browsing, adding to my lists. Um, I had to, uh, I, I guess I had to cut it short a little bit after my slasher genre because I added too many. But um, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. I'm a new customer, so I know Rick's been bitching about it forever that we don't have it. So at least uh, three Do and all four, four have, it. have it now. Oh. James is about to get it, so it's all good. We can uh, knock them watch parties out finally. Uh, yeah, the good thing about Shudder is there's no ads whatsoever, so it doesn't matter what you watch. Shout out to Rick, who ruined our last watch party with ads. <laughs> Y'all, so serious note, um, we've been... We have been, James, picking up listeners... Uh, across the globe and it's pretty fun to know that we're reaching places with our voices that we may never reach with our feet so big hello hang on you can tell me after james a big hello to the people who've given us a shot from hanoi vietnam doha qatar north rhine germany rio de janeiro brazil east java indonesia catalonia spain amsterdam flanders belgium New South Wales, Australia, multiple regions in India, thanks to the GeoSavin app, uh, our neighbors to the North Canada, and of course, right here in the good old US of A. Um, but how crazy is it that like folks in these great places are giving us time out of their day to be as obnoxious as we are? That's pretty wild. Shout out to our listeners everywhere. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And those are just the, the, the places we've reached in the last 30 days. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for... Um, few months now since may um, i think may or april i'll tell you something really scary tell me so you know uh i only said the word uh shutter one time and i actually said gutter but as i'm scrolling through facebook i see a uh ad for shutter so that only means one thing bill <sighs> have i used any i don't think i've used any hashtags for shutter when the I've tagged man, you or anything. The man is watching me, Bill. It's probably all because of this podcast. It's probably because well. you know too much about Bigfoot. Well, that's besides the point. I think, I think that's exactly related. the point. I think it's quite related. If you hadn't been delving into Bigfoot stuff all this time. Extremely publicly, by the way. We're reaching all over the globe. <laughs> you just heard me say <laughs> where we're reaching. Well, I'll not be silent, Bill. You better be careful, James. Fucking Interpol will come knock at your door. It's like my boy Steve said, you got to uh, to tell the truth, Bill. 
Steve oh, Buscemi he's said old, that? He's, he's the one that said that. Okay. I was wondering there's who what, that came from. There's people that's got to be heard, Bill. And you're one of them. Me and Steve has to lead the charge we will. And who is Steve, James? He's the guy on howtohunt.com. Let me, let me get this right, Bill. Please do. If I'm all, if I'm gonna plug him on the on our thing here, it's the facts by howtohunt.com. And his name is Steve. And he goes around, he's a hunting guide. And he goes around and people will email him, you know, stories about Bigfoot and stuff. And he's just trying to figure out what's going on, why they have lied to us about Bigfoot, because this real, so somebody's trying to cover it up. But, you know, he just goes around and is when he's hunting and he'll like, you know, start talking about Bigfoot and he'll read emails that people send him. Well, I'm glad he's, he does that. He's a big 411 advocate and different things like that. And he's not in it for the money bill. He just wants uh, people to know the truth. I'm sure he does want, want people to know the He'll truth. And it's a good thing that, that he's out. telling the truth because mo- mo- most people would just do it for entertainment pers- purposes only, you know? This is not for entertainment purposes, Bill. It says at the front, and I've sent you these links before, and you just brush them aside and don't ever look at them. That's not true. That's what's got me fired up right now, Bill. Trying to save your life, and you just put them in your back, your little back cachet there. You swipe to the left. (laughs) What is this, plenty of fish? I'm not swiping anything left. But if you'd like to know more all over the world, it's howtohunt.com. Look Billy, for... what did you think plenty of fish was again? <laughs> uh, James, should I even tell this? I'm so damn fired up, Bill. I can't stand it. <laughs> Your papers got me going. I love this yeah. story, though. Please tell it. So, James, a long time ago, I don't know how long ago this was, maybe five years or so. <laughs> um, should I tell it, James? <laughs> I don't care, yeah. Okay, I'm not trying to put your beeswax out there. So, uh, James had a date. Well, yeah. So, James had a date with a girl. Boy, you just... So, James had a date with a girl, and I didn't know her. She wasn't from our little one-horse town. So, I said, hey, where'd (laughs) you meet her? So, anybody other than five feet from where he lives, how did James ever... Talk to anybody other than there's somebody that's talked to him already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's fair. But I ask him, I said, so where'd you meet this girl? And he says, plenty of fish. I'm oblivious because I don't socialize <laughs> in any form or fashion. If I don't already know you, then I probably won't know you. Um, No offense to anyone. Full offense but, to everyone. Uh, so... Knowing that James is the hillbilly fish, fisher <laughs> king. Because there's some mud sucker in Timbuktu listening to us right now. <laughs> well, yeah. So knowing James's type and who he is, and he said it was on plenty of fish. I said, so what is that? A pay lake? Serious as a heart attack because I had no idea. <laughs> I thought he met a girl at a pay lake while fishing, and this place was called Plenty of Fish because it sounds like it would be a pay lake. Redneck eyes. I want to open a pay lake and call it Plenty of Fish. So that's how that went. What is anyway, Bill? I ain't going out with no pay no, no, lake. No. 
I, 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 I did misspeak there. I meant like the type of person you are, not like the type of girl you go for, which I guess it still fits. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't missing no pay late gal. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if you're a pay late gal, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> All I know who handle them old grub worms, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken liver's out of their domain. Rick, tell me something, man. Do you got a rundown for this film that we're uh, that we're reviewing this week? That I do. Oh, I'll try I knew to be you would. Film five star bonanza. <laughs> Give it to us, Rick. All right. Uh, this week we did a Christmas horror story. <clears throat> um, came out on July twentieth, two thousand fifteen. It's a Canadian anthology horror film. Uh, it's got three directors: uh, Grant Harvey. And Stephen Hoban and some dude named Brett Sullivan. Um, Grant Harvey is known for uh, the television series Animal Kingdom and Secret Life of an American Teenager. So yeah, he's uh, he's up there. Um, some of the actors are the one and only the man himself who just went to space this year and he's 90 years old, William Shatner, who's been in Star Trek. He's been in. The horror movie The Visiting Hours. He's been in The Twilight Zone. He's been in a bazillion other things. I'm not going to spend time to name because you guys know what he's in. Um, and then really only the person that is really well known was Rob Archer. Uh, he was in, um, he was played Ox, Knox, excuse me, in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, this was 99 minutes long. And yeah, it's pretty much all I got. I couldn't really find a lot on it. Um, but yeah. And it was released October 23rd, uh, 2015 in Canada. So Y'all aren't ready to hear Billy's William Shatner impression the rest of this fucking episode either. So there we go. <laughs> it's the joy of peace. <laughs> James's Bill Shatner sounds like James doing Bill Shatner. <laughs> There's something on my mind. <laughs> it's tiptoeing at the oblivion <laughs> it's the season of peace joy and goodwill <laughs> at one point he said tinsel and i had to pause the movie because i was laughing so hard at the way he said it and i'm not <laughs> going to try and say it but i'll let you all out there imagine or remember from your viewing of this movie so this film got four out of five i guess skulls on shutter this was the first film that I watched on my new subscription of Shudder. So you're welcome, James. What's the, uh, James, how the hell a... did you watch this if you don't have Shudder? Yeah. I used to watch this when I was a little kid. James, this movie came out in 2015. 2015. It comes on every Christmas. Uh, I have like a marathon of it. It's really a good holiday movie. You're thinking, of, you're thinking of a Christmas story where he shoots yeah. his eye with a BB gun. And well, has the red light... Gun. Yeah, that different movie altogether. Oh, this well, this movie came out in 2015. I have my ways, Bill. <laughs> okay, well this it's the so season. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, it's the season of joy, peace, and goodwill. Unless you live in Bailey Downs. So last Christmas Eve, two teens came to a grisly end in a school basement. Now, one year later, a set of a new set of horrors has come to town. 
Three friends explore the site of, a, of the massacre. A malevolent spirit is determined to keep them there forever. And when a local family seeks reconciliation with an estranged aunt for the wrong reasons, they finally find themselves running from terror, or running in terror, from Krampus, the demonic anti-Santa Claus. So not even Saint Nick is immune to the terror as he fights back against a horde of zombie elves. This is destined to be a holiday no one will ever forget i got that straight from shutter fun fact this film takes place in the fictional town of bailey downs like billy said Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is a canadian horror movie Uh, another movie that at some point i'm sure we'll do on the pod is ginger snaps a canadian werewolf movie that i enjoy very much which also takes place in bailey downs because john fawcett is one or no the filmmakers were responsible for the ginger snaps films and apparently also where part of orphan black taste play takes place because john fawcett is one of the creators of orphan black i had that in my notes and i set it off to the side so uh in case it didn't get brought up and here it is right off the damn bat y'all gotta watch ginger snaps at some point we're doing that one because that is a very fun movie and james i know you love a werewolf movie a werewolf picture i believe you call them program program I like My... you know, remember that time i wrote that werewolf picture you have mentioned that yeah and i say that time middle school in school suspension <laughs> bill you I mentioned got me in, i got me impeached as president of the uh <laughs> what is that student council student council president i got student impeached. council president but I wrote a hell of a movie, Bill. <laughs> he was student council president of our high school. I served my community. Interesting. Several different roles. Well, it's an also yeah. like really spell out the the, the voting yeah. process. Bill, I had a good speech and a good campaign. You did. You did. Um. So again, that tells how students are voting because i can tell you right now just knowing who ran for this prestigious status position in our high school i'm not purposely sounding like bill shatner right now i'm just (laughs) thinking of the right words to say knowing who was there i can tell you right now everyone was more qualified to be student council president however it didn't matter it did not matter um james came out on top and I was there to support. Right man for the job, Bill. Yeah. We were fellow student council members. I was the uh, villain everybody needed, Bill. That's true. What What did you do, Casey? I was... <laughs> I feel like as soon as I say this, James is going to tell me I'm part of bragging camp, but he just bragged, so I'll say it. Um, My freshman year, I was um, freshman class president, and then I was student body secretary the next three years. Wait a minute! You were freshman president. How, how many people were at the school though? You, didn't didn't you go to like secretary. a schoolhouse? Yeah, I went yeah, to a one room schoolhouse. It was you class. You have class officiants, and you yeah. have like the whole like the whole thing official. Yeah, so I was like the freshman class president, so the freshman class like officiant. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. She showed up. I showed up to the meetings and represented the freshman class. That is accurate. Help plan events, raise money for the school, shit like that. That surely you siphoned out of the basket. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I was student council president overall. What did you do, James? I ran as little as possible. (laughs) 
I ran the maidens and told what was what. Your high school had like 200 people in it, so they didn't, no one even went there. <laughs> My high school had less. <laughs> Our our high school had 400. We had 100 people or maybe slightly more in our graduating class. So Oh, okay. we were way smaller than I Mine had over 2,000 people. Yeah. How's bragging camp going, Reed? <laughs> I'm just saying it over 2,000 people. So, I mean, yeah, it was big. No, my high school was tiny. Well, so... you did go to magnet school where you made magnets all day. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what we did. We opened this film with a teaser. Uh, there's a bloody Santa Claus. Uh it's not really, I guess, obvious that it's Santa Claus at, at the very beginning. But you, you qu- quickly see that it's Santa Claus. He's walking the floors of the reindeer stables, uh, confronted with an unknown entity that just bursts through the stable doors. We only see a bright white light. Ooh, bright white light. Don't know if it's, you know, the poltergeist or the actual sun attacking him, but that's what we're left with. So, how do we feel about this cold open? It's quick, to the point. We see I think you know, the bloody Santa Claus. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, right? It, it gets it gets it going. Bloody Santa Claus. We know the the vibe that we're getting from this. <clears throat> Definitely. Who else likes a Mexican pizza from uh, Taco Bell? No, Nobody James anymore. Will... It's gone. It's returning. Yeah, they're bringing it back. Yeah, okay. how, how 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 did this not get covered in the opening segment, James? <laughs> I don't know. We, we had plenty of time. Well, once we once we get that rundown from Rick, it's time to change gears. It's time to go. You you, you Good, think uh you, know. you you think I just have Rick start reading that that rundown and smacking his lips together for the the hell of it? Well, I just feel like something comes to my mind. I gotta say it. There's a word we for know. people like that. What is it? I don't know. I'll tell you later. But I was down with the opening to this film. It's a dark side to Santa. Not saying he's malicious or anything, uh, but you don't think of Santa fighting to the death with anyone or anything. Um, almost likened it to Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Uh, you know, beloved figure with an untold story of hands getting dirty. Any of you guys ever see that one? I have not. No. James, I know you have. Fe- being a fellow president. I seen it, Bill, but I don't want to go off track here. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a good film. <laughs> it was a pretty good film. Pretty good program. So there's not, um, you know, a lot of trivia found. What you brought up. Casey about uh, ginger snaps was about as interesting a, a take as I saw on the IMDb page. Yeah, and, me too. And I, I do agree we need to check out ginger snaps eventually. <laughs> but uh, a, a Christmas st- a horror story is it's presented in kind of a, a vignette style, I guess it's called, um, like a few mini stories shot separately. But you know, spoiler alert, they all come together eventually. Um, I like this type of film, honestly. You know, even if not vignettes, movies with multiple unrelated stories that come together are just cool to me. And I'm talking films like *Inglorious Bastards*, uh, *Crash*. Uh, what others can you think of? This one specifically reminded me of *Trick or Treat*. Trick or treat, smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. I can see how you would draw that comparison. It's another anthology horror movie where everything kind of comes together in the end. Yeah, that's a yeah, fun one. Call. I really enjoy that one as well. We should have watched that over Halloween. It's not too late. We've got years to come. We do have years to come. But one of those stories surrounds a small crew of friends, I guess, shooting a film slash documentary, maybe, based on some found footage from a... I thought it was a police station at the beginning, but it's apparently um, like some kind of psych ward or a hospital or something like that psych ward where they also housed pregnant girls was i understanding that right well i think pregnant women should be housed in places like that until until they give birth liar anyway (laughs) 
What makes you think I'm lying? Are we talking about Ginger Snaps now? No, no. no we, this is this we, movie. It's yeah, a good cookie. I like Ginger the, Snap cookies. The movie that you suggested, by the way, James. Now, what makes you think I'm not, uh, anyway. Check this out, Bill. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Never mind. <laughs> well, don't give me a false alarm. Right, cool. I'm, I'm over here bracing myself, and you pull back. Bacon is better than that chick who said she would die for you. Bacon actually died for you. Bacon's love is real. Who the hell's Bacon? Kevin. Like, uh... He's alive and well. Bacon Bacon? Like cooking Bacon? Oh. So, yeah, let's talk about this very separate thing now. That's what what I braced myself for, was Bacon. Who don't like Bacon? Oh, I love Bacon. But, anyway, anyway. How do I explain this scene? Um... The 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 found footage from the police station. No, not a police station. A hospital psych ward where death was a plenty. Yeah, I'm sure. It had a lot. This was it had a lot of religious stuff in there. Yeah, it's almost like they took they they took a place that just wasn't being used on a movie set and said, "Hey, like while you guys are on lunch, can we just shoot here real quick?" It definitely also had a Taco Bell built into the side. I assume for sure. So we've got a real that one, one stop shop. And we've got another story, you know, we're introduced uh, to a family. It involves a husband, wife, son, and I think uh, the older daughter. And they're visiting the aunt, I think. And, like, that's where we're given the rundown teasers on Krampus. Um, somebody tell me what Krampus is. I wasn't really introduced to Krampus until I was an adult. Uh, but you guys seem to be apprised of, of his lore. A Krampus is like and is like Bizarro Santa, right? Like he's evil. He goes to the bad kids and like hunts them for sport or whatever. Okay, so basically half the personality of our guy from from the last film, Christmas Evil. Kind of. Except I think he's a demon. I don't think he's supposed to look like Santa. He's okay. like he's like a cryptid situation, I believe. James, can you confirm? Oh, you said the magic word. He's busy, so. I thought Krampus was a uh like Central and Eastern European folklore. Never said he wasn't. Oh, thought it was like Den- Denmark and Germany and, you know. That might be right. But I think Krampus is supposed to, like, punish the bad kids. Like, that's the idea, right? Yeah, he scares children who have misbehaved. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's a central figure, or it's a figure in Central and Eastern Alpine folklore. So who was that figure that Dwight Schrute was sh- scaring everybody with um, on, on their little Christmas situation do y'all remember that i'm not familiar enough with the office to recall this moment oh jesus christ might be not my fave mm, well all right so we're bouncing back and forth you know again we've got the the story going on in the i'll just call it the ward we've got the family visiting the aunt and we're back to santa and the elves and it's a fucking madhouse like i think i really think all elves should be like the one who caught the stab wound like, even with the slightest inconvenience, he's like, I said I don't want a goddamn cookie! Which, weird. Who doesn't want a cookie? Right. Well, but I he, like, like, axes himself in the hand, does he not? Yeah, yeah, and it's I, like I had to look hatchet. at that twice. I had to look at that twice because I thought, like, who did this to him? And, no, he did it to himself. I'm glad you confirmed that. But I feel like the introductions to all these stories come out of, they come pretty rapid fire. Um, you know, we've got a, a fourth story now. Like, uh, we've got a little boy named Will and his parents. They're out in the woods where suddenly Will can't be found. Um, they're out in the cold, no shelter. But during the search for Will, 
he's found hiding in a big hole inside of a tree. Like, scares everybody, but of course, Dad gets blamed for wanting to come out there to begin with. Typical. But there are two kids I already hate in this film. He's one of them, and the little bastard from the ant's house is the other one. The one who breaks the little Krampus figurine? Mm-hmm, and that's like 200% more than we've had in any given film thus far. Kids? Oh, we've had kids uh, in movies. Th- that I hate. That I hate. Oh, just wait till we watch The Babadook. Well, don't be Babadook. a spoiler, Rick. Yeah, that kid was an asshole, great. though, that broke the Krampus figure. But also, the kid, Will, who gets found on the side of a tree or whatever, the family is trespassing on land. Oh, very much trespassing, and we don't know why. Or do we? Do they never explain why? I didn't understand that part. There is a lot that does not get explained in this movie. And I think it's because the pace has to be so so high since you're telling four different stories in an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, any one of these uh, situations could be a full movie. And it's a longer movie, is it not? Mm, I don't know. Trick or Treat's pretty short. Let me look. It's pretty short, yeah. I think it's like an hour... 30 you want to say maybe That's... okay so this one being like an hour 40 really is it's 82 mm. minutes so it doesn't even like clear wow damn that one actually has like four stories yeah four stories a beginning and a conclusion all right well, bouncing Never mind. back well bouncing back to the film team in the uh in, in the psych ward um like they had to call like an off-schedule play as you know they'd been previously been almost caught filming without permission um, so they're off in the holding cells slash, uh, patient rooms, whatever you want to call them. Uh, almost looks like a scene from the exorcist three, like some light religious imagery. Anybody else get that vibe? Exorcist three. I didn't take that on watching it, but I could definitely see it now. Yeah. I mean, I could see it in there, but I didn't like, it didn't come to mind when I was watching it the first time. Well, y'all go to hell then. <laughs> <laughs> so again, there's so yeah, much bouncing same. back and forth. You agree with me, James, for once? Well, he's talking. Yeah. He's probably eating some tidbits or cat shit. <laughs> James, this, this this film that you've chosen to throw up on us. Throw up. It, it bounces back and forth between stories almost like before that scene is even complete. And it is really fast paced. You uh, can't, you can't blink. To the green mile. What? How so? Huh? Yeah. What movie did you say? It cut out just a bit for me. The Green Mile. Okay, that's what I thought you said. And how so? Because it's a story. Mm, as many movies are. Yeah, but The Green Mile is not an anthology. Not with that attitude, Rick. <laughs> Although, The Green what? Mile it's was not. written... Well, I'll uh, watch it again. ...was written in a Pulp Fiction style, which is the style in which, like, uh, old Charles Dickens novels, where they come out like a chapter or so at a time, originally released that way. Now you can buy it as a whole book, but some places you can find old copies of the chapter by chapter. So it is kind of like this in James's, uh, in fairness to James, it was released in stories. Damn. Is there more than meets the eye to James? (laughs) The cerebral assassin strikes back. Golly. When he watches the movie, there is. Well, especially when he's watched it every day from the time he was six years old. Yeah, apparently it's on TV all the time. (laughs) So back to the family visiting Grandma. If you remember, uh, the son had previously broken a statuette of Krampus. So driving away in the snow, they run themselves off-road by almost running over something that looks suspiciously like who? Krampus. (sighs) Quick on the draw, Mr. Connery. If you're having a hard time keeping up, 
it's because you're completely sane. This thing bounces back and forth between stories, and it's understandable. But, like, our film crew is, uh, they're still roaming the halls of the ward, and this time they find a locked door, almost like, uh, you know, the attic door from Beetlejuice. Up the stairs, can't get in, just looking under the under the door. While I don't care much for the rapid story changes, I do like how the suspense is building on all of them. We never leave a scene not wanting to know what's what comes next. Agreed? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I would agree. <clears throat> Agreed. Mm. Well, remember that kid that got lost or hid in the woods? Uh, Will is his name. Uh, some fuckery's afoot with this little jerk. Um, he's throwing down a plate of Pascetti like he'll never eat again. Okay, and he's, he's got a, a small child. Why did they give him so much spaghetti? Well, I didn't think about that because I think even as a small child, I would have finished off that plate of spaghetti myself. It's a huge amount of spaghetti. I'm not a parent, but it just seemed like a lot for a kid to have, maybe. Well, maybe that's why you think it's a lot. You have to take into account that there's probably going to be three-fourths of it that ends up in the floor. So the amount that ends up in the stomach has to still fill the kid up. Yeah, I guess. Well, he's got the scowling look on his face. Uh, his hammer of a mom uh, telling him to slow down. What's this kid do? Fucking stabs his dad in the hand with his spaghetti fork. Like, what happened to that fucking tree, y'all? Something horrible must have happened because that looked awful. Now, I don't know that the character's really necessary, but, you know, we've got the DJ kind of tying the stories together, breaking up the monotony of the constant story changes, which almost sounds counterintuitive. Like, if there's so many changes, how it can be? how can it be monotonous? Casey, give me your best William Shatner. Absolutely not. I'm not even going to try it. Y'all can't make me. Rick, give me something. <clears throat> oh. I was on the plane and it crashed. <laughs> that was just a sentence. That's you reading the bag of a cereal box. <laughs> Shit, I don't know, man. I can't I can't do this boy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're back in Santa's workshop and like things are anything but jolly or bright. Like those elves... They're starting to turn, man. Like, two of them in this very scene have gone rabid, um, attacking Santa Claus, but, of course, he lops off their domes. Very cool scene. Um, you know, like you do to an elf when they act up, or a child. Um, but, I mean, it's it's, waiting, it's it's what I'm waiting to do to Rick if he ever comes unglued like he did last week when James didn't know who Joe Beth Williams was. <laughs> E.T.'s mom. Of course, she's quiet about it. Well, jumping to the film crew in the ward, um... You know, things have been teased, like you swear you saw a woman, but when they shine the light on her, it's a mannequin. Um, like This time around, though, we got a very real attack, and we don't really know if this is a possession or a physical attack or what, but like one of our crew is on the floor uh, you know, convulsing before we break away again. Um, like What's this film crew getting into? I feel like this is a possession. At this point, we know, but uh, at this point, we do not know, but we will eventually. Yes, no, on the possession? Yes. I guess just me and you, Billy. I'm just interested in hearing y'all's opinions. <laughs> James, are you even alive out there? Hello? Well, it, it, it breaks no... away. It breaks away too quickly. So, I, I don't want to say too quickly. I, I guess they do it on purpose so that you don't know yet what's going on. But I could see possession. I could see physical attack. Because if you look at all these stories, it's like they take elements from existing existing stories and just come up with their own scenarios we've got a zombie outbreak and you know these these elves we've got a possession type of situation with the film crew 
we've got like a i don't know it's like insidious or something with uh with the will kid we don't know that yet but it's like they take these very different types of movies horror films and throw them all into this and obviously the creature feature as well with with krampus so that's just where my question comes from it is kind of a little bit of everything so we know with the possession thing though yeah, but it, it made me think that there's got to be something more because why would you have two possession uh, legs of this anthology, right? Yeah, got to break it up. There is a little bit of difference, though, but we know Will's hammer of a mom. Um, you know, when we jump to her, she's in the shower, and I've never been more upset at a shower curtain. Um, but mom and dad want to get Will checked out, you know, checked out, and he knows it. But honestly, you know, like, did I want to see Will's mom get taken to Pound Town? Obviously. Uh, did I want to see his little hand rubbing across her chest? Absolutely not. Totally glad that scene got cut short. We live to fight another day. But when his mom goes to check on Will in his room, we see his reflection in the window lying in bed. But it's not Will, is it? Nope. Mm-mm. Very scary. Sometimes when you see reflections in, in films like this, you don't know if the change is implied or if it's physically what you're supposed to be seeing. You know what I mean? Like take a Jason goes to hell, for example, anytime Jason took over the body of just one of the random people, they would look in the mirror and see Jason. That's all fine. And well, if all we get is the point of view of Jason, but when we also get the, uh, one of the ladies that he was about to kill, she looks at the mirror and sees Jason but looks at the physical body, and it's the police officer friend of hers. So, I don't know what we're getting with this reflection in the window, but, again, enough to keep me interested. I love a reflection scene in a movie in general. Like, if someone's standing, I don't know, in the bathroom brushing their teeth, and they spit, and then they look up, and someone's behind them, or they've got the medicine cabinet open, and they close it, and someone's behind them. Are you not always expecting for something to happen? Always, and it throws me off when nothing does. But even like in Carrie, when she's looking in the mirror and it cracks and we see the cracks and then we see like the Jesus behind her, like anything like that is very fun to me. So following back up with the Krampus storyline, like remember the family was run off the road by something, you know, resembling the the Krampus statuette that was broken in in Auntie's house. Like while they're out there in those woods, uh, the little fuck face kid is missing. I mean, I say leave him. He's a little shit anyway, but we're kind of repeating the same storyline i don't remember that we ever see this kid again he never shows back up right um i don't think so he didn't get he didn't get the death he deserved he should have gotten a a joffrey type death from game of thrones where somebody poisons his little ass and we get to watch him choking to death on it damn is that what happens uh i'm not here to spoil movies but uh, i don't care but yeah it's been years since that aired, so... Well, yeah, he's, um... He was, like, so terrible. It, so. He was so terrible, tyrannical, and he did not get it bad enough. Like, they were having some kind of festival or something. I don't know. He takes a drink of something, and he starts choking. And I think it might have been either at the beginning of the... Uh, maybe... I don't even want to pretend to know when this happened in the season. I thought it was at the beginning, but it might not have been. But, uh, speaking of little shits, uh... Santa's, you know, being attacked by his own... Uh, Sparkles, I think is one of their names. Uh, one of his elves, you know, corners Santa in the elevator, soon to be followed by a few others, uh, but they get in the elevator. We don't see the carnage ensue, but once the elevator door opens, Santa's done, he's, he showed his ass. Like, he's decapitated every one of these little fuckers and finishes off another one exiting the elevator. 
So, like, we've got a good old-fashioned zombie storyline here. Yeah, these little elf zombies are something to be reckoned with, but Santa doesn't give a fuck. No, and this is very possibly my favorite of the storylines. The the, the Santa versus elves storyline. This was my favorite also. You know I don't really get down with the supernatural. So... You know, the, the psych ward thing, not really doing it for me. The possessed kid, not so much. The Krampus thing was fine. I like a good creature feature as well, not as much as James, maybe. But uh, the, Santa versus, the Santa versus Elves thing is uh, definitely my favorite part. I, I feel like I would watch a feature-length film with only that. I like that one the best. I do think the scariest was the possessed kid. I could see that being the scariest because I remember watching Insidious um, when it came out in theaters, which is totally not a thing that I would normally do. Like, possession movies don't, you know, demons do nothing for me. I was going to say, did you like that one? I I did like the first one enough. Um, I like that movie. The first part of it, though, when they're kind of surrounding the the kid's bed and you see that red-faced demon. Yeah. Yeah, that got me. That got me pretty good. But there are a th- few that's moments what I... in that movie that get me pretty good. Who was the mom in that one? That wasn't Vera Farmiga. That was um... Rose Byrne, I think. Yeah, right? Rose Byrne. But it was the same it, dad, right? Yeah, it's Patrick Wilson in both. God, he's in every fucking possession movie. He needs to stop that shit. Yeah, and he was in Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> totally related. Definitely related. So you know the Will storyline. What'd you say? He's in all the conjurings, isn't he? And he's in all the conjurings. So, like, enough. <laughs> e fucking enough. So we agree the Will storyline is a possession. Yeah, that's what I think. So dad's becoming really aggressive. Um, mom is shielding Way him. aggressive. Yeah, way aggressive. And, of course, I mean, he's been stabbed in the hand by a Paschetti fork. So, whatever. But there's you know, clearly but... something different about this kid. Yeah. And I even if he's scared. got issues... I don't know that, like, Dad bucking up to him like he wants to beat his ass is, you know, healthy. But, I mean, again, I understand. But Mom is shielding him. Um, Something's wrong and somebody knows something. Um, You know, the mom gets a phone call while Dad's at the bar. And the caller alludes to the boy not being their son and that they need to bring him back to the grove where he got lost. The caller being the owner of the land they trespassed on. The owner of the land, exactly. So why? Uh, Because he's still lost. Uh, This is where the insidious vibes come in, but also uh, the movie Us. Yeah. Got a lot of that. that. You said you have not seen that? Yeah. Uh -uh. Well, you need to see it. It's got a similar vibe to the story. I see where Billy's saying that for sure. Yeah, you might not think so from the trailer. Well, no, I think in the trailer you see that there are doubles of the characters, and that's yeah. Um, yeah and maybe I'm just I'm, giving I'm... stuff from the trailer here because I right. Didn't yeah, I'm I'm one. not thinking too far into, or I think I'm thinking too far into the explanation, trying not to spoil something that was already spoiled by the trailer. So yeah, yeah, so I definitely got vibes from us as well. Um, so again, the the film crew storyline, second position. Um. We still don't see the difference in the two possessions. We will, though, um, because the girl, I think her name was Molly. She seems to be taken by a very horny spirit. Um, she's dragging one of her friends into uh, one of the cells or the rooms uh, to give him some helmet that he turns down. Like, first of all, who turns down Satanic Head? Not this guy. Not this guy. 
Look, I think I'd have to. Nobody's forcing you to have to, Casey. No, I think I'd have to turn it down. No, no, no. I think you say you would, but that temptation... Listen, Eve couldn't turn down an apple, okay? You're not turning down... Never mind. Rick, you turning down (laughs) Satanic Head? Sorry, Mama. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, probably. You might be running solo on this one. Nah, Rick's wife's in the room. I know it. Rick doesn't want to disappoint my mom either. (laughs) I want to disappoint your mom. Because mom's listening. Oh. But we're we're already on... We're already on good terms because of the Texas Ranger. Oh, yeah, that's true. You don't even like the Rangers anymore. Or do you just have a soft spot? Well, you know what? She didn't know that till just now, so... Thanks. Stitching. James, what say you? No. So, no, you're turning it down. Or... Matthew words. Okay, well, I'll, I'm on my own then, like always. No. Okay. As you could guess, as you could guess, that's where we leave it. He turns down the the helmet, and that's where we uh, jump back to Will. Uh, while the mom dismissed the caller from before, she's still wary enough to run a Google search on the, I guess, the lore of the situation. Uh, she's got enough to worry her. Uh, it might be a little bit too late for Dad because he comes back home from the bar. And, you know, he's feeling bad about how he's spoken to his son. So he's standing outside the kid's room, giving the old, you know, dad to son talk to, you know, to his son who's asleep, sort of. Which moments later, we see the little fucker crawling across the ceiling. Unst be known to his father. Yeah. Well, unst be known to his father, who's about to meet his ancestors. Okay. Mom finds him, but it's too late. Did anybody look at the information on the screen when the mom was looking into it? I I saw some, uh... Saw some words. I didn't stop it to read it. What did she learn in this Google search? Or do we know? I didn't really... I don't remember what was on the screen. Casey, it seems like something you'd do. Notice what was on the screen? Yeah. Normally, probably, tragically, I don't think I caught this part. I may have been looking down. Well, goddamn. Either way... Are you you not going to ask James? He watches this movie every day. Well, well, he has ever since he was six. He wrote the damn script. I don't know. Cannon fodder. Probably is cannon fodder. Probably just filler words. They probably didn't even formulate sentences. It's a kidnapping, like, cut-out, cut-and-paste magazine letter. So the Krampus family, they found some uh, shelter inside (laughs) a church. No, hold on. What? The Krampus family sounds like a mother, father, and baby Krampus. Well, (laughs) they're about to become part of him. But they found some shelter inside a church. You know, they're trying to regroup. This little shitty son's still missing, thank goodness. Um, but they're having some revealing conversation about him. Like, the sister tells a tale of a family cat that was killed by him, right? Yeah, which while is he, while, Yeah, while he smiled. I thought about Rick when, when I heard that. Me too. And then I, yeah, and then I suddenly wish they had shown the cat being killed. No, Rick is For a Rick. sensitive soul. He is. And, like, he was already upset about the dog, but I know he's got a cat that crawls all over him all the time. I can see its asshole on the camera every few minutes. <laughs> hey, I fucking love my cat, man. I know you do, Ricky. No, Shout out to cat. Rick's cat. I, say shit. I had a cat named Dorothy Gale. I love that name. I do, too. Shout out to my cat, Luna. I know you're listening. James used to have a giant cat, a giant barn cat. Cool, James. Thanks for letting us know about your cat, man. I think he picked this movie and didn't say nothing. I had a cat one time. What was its name? 
It didn't have a name. It didn't have <laughs> a name. What'd I you don't call think it? it did. We had a cat for a while named Garage Cat. We also have cats now named Black Cat and Stripe Cat. Big Kitty. But we called it something else, didn't we, James? Jetty Cat. <laughs> the Jetty Cat. Because James had a poster, a movie poster, on his wall. And it was for Return of the Jedi. But myself, not being apprised of the Star Wars world, I guess, universe, I did not know it was pronounced Jedi. And because this cat was so large, I figured whatever the return of was had to be something pretty badass. So I assumed that word was Jetty. So I called it the Jetty Cat. And forevermore, (laughs) that's what we called this cat. And it was just the old barn cat. That sometimes came in the house. I'm glad you remember that, James. It died of a snake bite. Oh, that's so sad. I did. R.I.P. to the Jetty Cat. That thing was around forever, and it was fucking huge. You could take down eagles. But anyway, this is where Krampus comes in, right? When uh, the family's in the church. When when his family's in the church. The fellow Krampuses. Um, <laughs> the sequel will be Meet the Krampuses. So... He's supposed to stalk little boys and girls who are like the worst of the bad, right? So that makes sense that he would be stalking this family because this little, sh- yeah. I mean, especially this fucking kid, the one that's already gone. Which, whatever. I I don't know why he's still stalking the family. I thought he only went after the kids, but I guess it can't just stop at that. You know, he does some Hellraiser shit and launches a chain around the dad's neck, drags his ass out of the church, leaving the ladies. Which doesn't last long either, because, you know, Krampus takes the mom out, too. Like, he he's a, he's a hideous creature, James. I know you had to like this scene. I do like creatures. You're nothing if not succinct. But I like the way this, this creature looks. This is probably, I guess if we're considering makeup effects, Krampus is probably the, the pinnacle of this film. Oh, Who for sure. Who says no? I will say the wound in the elf's hand in the first scene was like a good-looking wound. You know, I wish that that's a part of horror films that I probably wish I knew more about. The making of, you know, the the, the special effects, the, the the wounds, the kills. I don't know enough about those to know difficulty levels. All I know is I respect the hell out of, uh, you know, Tom Savini for, uh, you know, his his Kevin Bacon kill in Friday the 13th didn't work. So he just hides under the bed and shoots it out of the 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 little hose with his mouth that's kind of badass very true but i mean it should change between now and then i don't know what makes you know good effects versus bad effects i just know when it looks real when it doesn't look real. well i think that's a good and bad i think that's a good way to call it like if it looks fake as fuck that's a bad effect yeah like you want to be in the universe and stuff like that can really take you out and it's hard to suspend your disbelief after a certain amount of things that don't look real yeah, but I mean, I grew up watching fucking Godzilla, and that looked. I mean, listen, it was a man in a big suit walking around on tiny buildings, and it looked like a man in a big suit walking around on tiny fake buildings. And I still ate it up. So I don't know. It, it's it's tough. But um, so the, it it jumps back to our film crew and Molly from said film crew still trying to get her daily serving of vitamin D. And it's a good thing I'm not on this film crew, y'all. I'd be like Cosmo Kramer. Like, I'm, that's it. I'm out of the contest. Like, Just she knows. into the room. Yeah. She knows what she is doing with that damn miniskirt, too. <laughs> I would say she is the hammer of this film. She is most certainly you? the hammer. And it is, uh, she's most certainly the hammer. And it, a close second is Will's mom. But 
this mod is really pretty. Yeah. Rick, you disagree? Probably thinks Krampus no. is the hammer. No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> JB, who besides William Shatner is the hammer in this film? Yes. James, we cannot move forward until we get your hammer pick. It's hammer time. The girl on the film crew. <sighs> Golly. This was Again, her first movie, by the way. She was. I in hope some... it's not her last. It's it's not. She's been in a couple other things as well. Um, she was in a couple TV things before this, uh, episode by episode kind of stuff. But this was her first movie. Well, this time she gets her victim uh, in what I would consider a fantastic Academy Award winning scene that lasted three longer, uh, three minutes longer than I would. Uh, Molly almost comes to, and I, no, I don't mean orgasmed. Also, she regained her real consciousness once this was done. As if, you know, like having us having sex released her from the spell, uh, or, but maybe passing it on to her sexual partner, maybe. I don't know. So I was thinking maybe this is basically the mini plot of It Follows. Ooh, I love It Follows. They line up, right? Yeah, I see what you mean. Passing on the, yeah, so I uh, don't want to spoil I mean, that I guess in case in we a watch way, it. But It Follows is, a, is different. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's different. Yeah, don't spoil it, Rick. Rick, we're drawing a simple line between two concepts. We're not saying they're the same movie. God, I hate no, geometry. So back but to the Will what story. What do we find out about the ghost? About the ghost. What do we know ghost. from the beginning, I guess? The ghost was a pregnant teenager uh, yes. who died during an abortion? I didn't know if it was abortion or childbirth or what. But... No, she said, like, died giving herself an abortion, which, weird plot line, but okay. Yeah, it does seem kind of out of place. Um, this is Christmas. It's supposed to be about murdering elves and murdering children. Um, and Krampus maybe... murdering us. Yeah, and, and his family. Um, I don't know. Maybe the director's uh, pro-life and sees this as murder. I don't know. But back to the Will story. Mom's been locked in the bathroom with a baseball bat and finally gets the courage to come out. Uh, Will's there, looking evil as shit. Uh, tries to rush her, but she swings that bat well enough to make Ichiro Suzuki cry. Um, and you know, we break <laughs> away from this one as the fight is in progress. Oh, Ichiro. Yeah, the goat. But, you know, I, I hate how sometimes they break away from these things at the height of the action. And I know what they're going for, but I could have used a lot better of a fight scene between this kid and his mom. Oh, I needed that. I needed the mom to like pop his head off with that baseball bat. Or at least just beat the shit out of him because we know that he has to remain alive for, you know, a, a later scene. But I mean, gosh, it could have been, it could have been a great fight scene. And that's something it, that their storyline lacked. I was hoping for... And I know it's not the same because obviously one is not a child, but there are some pretty fun fight scenes, struggles, things like that in the Child's Play movies. And I was hoping for something like to that level. And I was kind of disappointed. Like, like he's on her back and she's swinging him around. His feet are sticking out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I can see that. I could definitely see that. I don't know. Um, Again, the length of the film and yeah. having to share time with three other storylines, I guess just um, things just have to be cut short. They could have cut the DJ parts. They could have cut Bill Shatner out of this film. You say that? I know. You feel this way? I do feel this way. Do you um, support that, or are you saying they could have? I'm saying they could have, not should have. Okay. 
if if they wanted to give a little bit more time to the stories, they could have you know cut a little bit from the DJ or just like used his voice as a narrator or something. But I guess if you got Bill Shatner, you don't use his voice only. You, you know, you use him. But I don't know. He definitely so, makes the movie notable. Yeah. Um. It. But it, again, it quickly breaks away from the mom and and Will to Santa in the the workshop with the zombie elves. Um, I mean, they've got, you know, they got their own fight going on. They got, the, the elves have strength in numbers, uh, but fuck, man, Santa's a man among men. He's got some stature to him. He's a big dude. He's not just a, you know, a, a jolly guy. No, he's he's a big mofo. And like this Santa versus elf storyline, again, my favorite of them all. And much yeah. like the Will versus Mom scene, it breaks away pretty quickly as well. Uh, and it breaks back to Will's mom. And and that's what drives me crazy. Why not just extend this scene and let it, you know, let it play flow. Out. But yeah, let it play out. But, we, you know, we see that Will's mom has escaped the home. She's trudging her way through the woods. She's there to meet the guy who called her about Will, the owner of the land. And this is a pretty creepy scene. Like, I know we see some scary outlines in the brush. Um, the, the mom brings the creature who attacked her in the house not her son, apparently. Um, but he's then released from the bag by the man in the woods. So, of course we know this can't end cleanly. Mom wants to shoot the creature. The man doesn't want that. So she ends up shooting him, in, in, in essence. But Mom has her own little, almost like a Ripley and alien type thing. Uh, you know, the close-up of the face. She simply asks for her son back from the little creature so like what's he do he walks into that big hole in the tree and then out walks will intact feels way too simple yeah again, like how is she just gonna literally ask him and he's gonna be like okay like what yeah this was disappointing and there was very little done with the the owner of the land he just shows up to get shot and that's it but in this story you know this style of storytelling maybe it has to be that way I guess it just that that was just disappointing to me, honestly. This movie could have gone for like another half hour, and I think we would have gotten a lot more out of that half hour. Yeah, I wonder if there's a director's cut out there. Between three directors, there better be a fucking director's cut or three. <laughs> Each director gets their own cut. Yeah, but we're back to the ward with the film crew, and everybody's becoming possessed. I guess, um, you know, Molly's probably pregnant in record time. I think it was the position they used in the chair. It's like maximum. Billy. Yeah. The boys just don't have far to swim. It's science. So what's happened to Molly here? The guy who knocked her up is nailed up on the wall and she just walks off unscathed? Like, make that make sense for me. The ghost kills him, though, right? Like, the ghost that was possessing Molly or whatever? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, I, I was under the impression that the, the ghost escaped her vagina and swam into his penis and now has him. But no, it's an external force. I don't know. I want it to make sense, but I just can't make sense of it. I, I can't draw, I can't connect all the dots. It's kind of a complicated way to end that one. Yeah, maybe left to our, our own interpretation. Um, but let's talk about a crazy revelation. Like, in the Krampus storyline, the Krampus family, uh, the, the sister is the lone survivor, it seems. She's Mark Wahlberg here. Um, it, like, she's still got Krampus on her tail, though. Which, oddly for a mythical creature of such great power, it only really took a little stab and some fire to dispatch him. But while he's burning up, Krampus devolves to his human form. And who was he all along? The weird dude from from Auntie's house. Yeah, that was a twist I wasn't ready for. Mm-mm. But he wasn't even... right there when that kid was being stupid. 
He yeah, and he was it, acting obviously. all weird. Yeah, but it, it never occurred to me that Krampus was going to take human form at any time whatsoever. I didn't even think he owned a human form, let alone yeah, somebody Krampus, so close to that family. Then. Yeah, I never thought that he'd be able to do that, honestly. So we've got the resolution to the Will storyline. Mom's got him back. Um, Krampus is dead. Yeah, Krampus is dead in this one. Uh, Molly and the film crew, I, I guess that one's over. Uh, Molly walks away, knocked up. So all that's left now is Santa versus the elves. You know, Santa's faced with this impossible task as I think it's his daughter, Marta Claus. Actual name, by the way. Um, she's been infected with the same thing as the elves, I guess. And poor Santa's got to put her down. So if this storyline had been the whole film, I feel like this would have been a sad scene to watch. But they had to speed through it. Yeah, it didn't give us a lot of time to mourn. No, I mean, he, he moved on pretty quick himself. But, you know, we end up back where we started, you know, in the stables. You know, we, we see what carried the, the bright light at the beginning of the film. It's Krampus himself somehow back intact. They have a nice little fight. Or was it Krampus? In a twist I could not see coming, Santa Claus is a shopping mall Santa who, in his mind, was defending his workshop from hordes of zombie elves and Krampus, but in reality, he was in a shopping mall, murdering just killing, innocent, just killing innocent people. Definitely didn't see it coming. Did y'all? No. No. James, in your thousands of viewings of this film, at any point in time during the first one, did you see that this was going to happen? Gets me every time. James, is a tw- it's a twist from hell, man. It's, it's right up there with the I See Dead People and the Statue of Liberty and Planet of the Apes. And modern day, like the village. And the village. This one, this one kind of uh, made me think of high tension for obvious reasons. Oh, that they're like hallucinating that something completely different is happening. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's seeing flashes of reality, but ultimately remains in the confines of his own mind. Uh, he takes one last attempt at killing Krampus, who was really just a mall employee named Norman. Was the employee named Norman, or was Santa named Norman? I thought Santa was named Norman. Yeah, that's it. I'll go with that. I don't know what the mall guy's name was. I didn't catch that. Well, Santa stopped by Police Bullets, ending his life trying to save Christmas. Roll credits. The good news is that that was just a mall Santa, and the real Santa is alive and well. (laughs) Yeah, I guess there's a silver lining. There is. But that means Krampus is also still alive. We're strong believers of Santa and Krampus on this podcast. We are. James, this was your pick of the week. Yet another banger, if I may say so myself. A little fast-paced, a little lacking on details, but you know what? Sometimes watching a horror flick, details you just kind of scared over them anyway. Things don't have to make sense at all times. Just be scared, a lot of blood, a lot of gore, a lot of axes to foreheads. What made you choose this one? I thought it would be a good movie for the podcast. Why's that? Because it's a good movie to watch. Everyone would be entertained. I was entertained. I was entertained. I was entertained. Like I said, I do wish it was about half an hour longer. I wish I had a little more completion on some of these. I wish the Will storyline had ended in a cooler way. When we look at those other vignette-type films, like uh, Tales from the Dark Side, do we do we say the same things? Do we Do we find ourselves wishing that something had been a little more detailed? I always can get into a little bit more of, like, the lore and the world-building kind of stuff, so I'm never mad about 
something being a little longer if it fully fleshes out an idea and a storyline. Okay. Rick, give us your final thoughts on A Christmas Horror Story. Uh, I mean, I was also surprised, uh, pretty surprised by it. I went into it with kind of low expectations just based off the cover art. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it it was good. I mean, I was actually really surprised by this film. Casey, your final thoughts. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Uh, it's definitely one that I plan on showing the family uh, to adopt and take on for years to come. That last twist, man, really got me. I can go on and on about that twist, and I'm not going to, but it, it really perked me up at the end of it. Like, I I, I had to know that the final storyline, the one they closed with, wasn't just going to end with, you know, somebody's victory. But I didn't see this one coming. I could not have guessed this being the ending. And those are always the best twists. So, Casey, do you have our critic reviews slash Rotten Tomatoes? I do. You know I do. So, this movie is pretty good. I mean, we enjoyed it, right? We Uh, did. Critics were so-so on it. Um... We're looking at, uh, I've got one review that says, Unlike those piles of beautifully wrapped presents from our childhood, this festive horror delivers considerably more than it promises. For a bad one, uh, it says, Whenever one of these stories begins to generate any real head of steam, viewers are jerked into another one and the whole process starts over again. Which I see what they're saying I think in an anthology movie, you're going to bounce back and forth between these. I had kind of hoped, my one complaint, is I kind of hoped that these kind of all came together at the end. Like, I know that they all involve Christmas and stuff like that, but I had kind of hoped that it had, like, a nice little bow on top at the end that they were all interwoven in some fashion. But I'll take that well, they two of them That's were. That's fine. Right? Two of them yeah. were. The, the Krampus storyline and the Santa and elves. Yeah. Uh, the other two, though, were just kind of standalone but i, ha- I you know, thought this one was fun well you know i don't know if you saw but shutter has its own member reviews under every film no i did not v- yeah very cool they're judged on the uh the skulls scale so one through five skulls um one that i'm looking at right now left by username preterit uh, while the individual vignettes have merit, the way they are intertwined derails their momentum and prevents any real tension from building. The result is more annoyance than dread, and the Santa tale, while fine when taken on its own, only undermines the mood of the other stories as presented. This could have been a real winner had the segments been kept separate. I don't think you keep the segments separate. Like don't show think one, you... then show two, then show three? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe show, uh, sh- I don't know, show the, the Krampus one at the beginning. No, show the Santa one at the beginning, and then uh, the other two, and then end it with... The, the culmination of Santa and Krampus, probably. I don't know, but I, I, I disagree. I like how they're intertwi- uh, intertwined, but maybe just a little bit too too speedy, you know, too too hastily done. I don't think I said this. The movie has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, which is totally respectable. Well, Carrie Horror gave it five skulls. A new holiday favorite, that's for sure. The stories, the characters, and the imagery are incredibly good. Held my attention right to the very last drop. So I just wonder who James hired to put that on this film. <laughs> well, the only thing that we've got left to do now, Casey, is, uh, you know, since I do believe our final Christmas film of the year is from your bag, go ahead and lay it on us. That's true. And you know, I love a horror movie. And I love a classic. What I don't love, following rules. 
And I've got a movie for us about someone who doesn't follow rules and how it plays out for them. Next week, we're watching Gremlins, gang. Not Gremlins. Absolutely Gremlins. Where are we going to find Gremlins? Gremlins is on HBO, and if you don't have HBO, I'm sure you can find your way out there. We believe in you. We do believe in you. So, we're going to go ahead and put some lipstick on this pig and uh, call it a call it a day. So, for the godfather of Joel James, for final girl Casey, and for the Memphis Men's Rick, I am Billy Graves, and this was the Slash Podcast. We'll catch you again.